0: And the story begins. <laughs> so we're on chapter four, page 64. And th- this, is a, this is a loaded chapter, in my opinion, my experience. In, it's a direct continuation from chapter three. We're on page 64. So in chapter three, we got into greater detail what the soul is, how the soul works, the mechanics of the soul. And we said a soul is basically comprised of two things. And we're talking about the godly soul now. The animal soul is going to be the exact same, but more in an animalistic way, and we'll discuss that later. The soul is comprised of intellect and emotions. The emotions are developed by the intellect. The more I think about something, um, the more I intellectualize on a concept, the more I'm going to feel it. So these intellect, the intellect and emotions, these two components of the soul, kind of work together. We also mentioned the idea of das, literally translated as knowledge, but better translated as what was the word we used? Recognition. It's not my it's not just knowing information. It's my relationship to the information, right? The ability to empathize with others. That's the idea of das. So all these ideas make up the soul. How I think, how I feel. Chapter 4 says there's a, another component of the soul referred to as the garments of the soul. And this isn't the something... With, it's not the, it's, there's three garments of the soul. Anybody remember what they were? Anyone did their homework? Putting you on the spot. <laughs> three garments to the soul. Thought, speech, and action so there's how i think and feel that is the soul but then there's what the soul does referring to which refers to its garments why are they called garments thought speech and action any thoughts why they'd be referred to as garments
1: Because they told you they're not the real you
0: good spot I read on the chapter. okay good someone did their homework <laughs> the garments thought speech speech and action is not you what you think about isn't you? That's a choice. It's something you're doing. What you say is not you. It doesn't define you. It may express you, but it's not you. How you behave is not you. We let's let's think back to the beginning of or or, or back to chapter one. We made a paradigm shift. The paradigm shift that Tanya has is that we're not looking at what the person does, working at, at who the person is. The paradigm shift that Tanya gave us is that we don't just have two impulses to behave in a certain way, but we actually have two different souls. The whole focus in Tanya is who am I, not just what do I do, right? Because trying to develop that inner relationship with God. The theme of Tanya as outlined on the cover page, on the title page, before that was our first lesson before we got to chapter one. Is an entire Tanya based on is based on one verse? How a relationship with God is very close. <inaudible> this thing is very close to you, very practical. It's very practical to have a relationship with God, not just behaviorally, but intellectually and emotionally. And it's for this reason that thought, speech, and action are called garments. Your garments aren't you; they just they just express you. You could yeah, change. the
1: problem I had with yeah. that is. Uh if you're thinking about my fault and you do it then it's not you (laughs) because God didn't make you do it it was your own choice Mm -hmm. to do
0: it good question very good question we're going to get there we'll get there as the chapter unfolds you'll see it's going to all come together clothing you could you could take your clothing off you could put them on you could change them and the same is with thought, speech and action so nobody could you know if in I was actually walking in Crown Heights, and there's this sign right in front of a driveway. It says, don't even think of parking here. (laughs) So first of all, don't tell me what to do. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But but it says, don't think of parking here. It's a silly statement, because I just thought of it. (laughs) You told me not to think of parking here. I just thought of parking here. What should it have said? Don't think about parking here. See the difference? Don't think of parking here. I I thought of it. It came in my mind. Don't think about it. What's the difference between the two?
2: The about is going to be your action.
0: About is an action, right? I can control, I could control what I think about. I could control what I say, I could control how I behave. I can't control what I think of the soul. How I think and feel is me and I can't change that. unless I'm. or I shouldn't say I can't change that let me rephrase, it's going to be hard to change that it's difficult to change it to,
3: to change what about? To change, what to, change you? You. to change you how
0: you think and feel you, have, you could choose what you think about right what thoughts come into my head sorry, what, how I facilitate those thoughts but whether the thoughts come up or not what type of thoughts come up or not that's much more difficult to change because that's me it's not just changing what I do, it's changing who I am and it's much harder which is why Tanya is kind of a difficult book to, <laughs> to process. Garments express the person, but they're not the person. A person wears a particular garment, you're, they're going to be judged in a certain way by everybody. That's just the way it is. You dress a certain way, you tend to be looked at in a certain way. You tend to identify with a certain life philosophy, with a certain something. It, it, it's, all, it's an expression. It's all communication. That it expresses a deeper sense of self. So there's the two parts of the soul. There's how I think and feel. That's who I am. There's what I say. Sorry, there's what I think about. What I say and what I do. Thought, speech, and action. That's not who I am. That's what I do. That's that's basically behavior. All those things are behavior.
3: It's so hard to separate those too because it's who you are like if you tend to insult people all the time then you're rude it's i see what you're trying so so i so
0: and so that's a good example if i let's say i have a i have bad attitude right and i tend to offend people to change to stop offending people just to stay quiet i could do that easily to so look at people in a different light, and to appreciate them, that's changing who I am, not changing what I do, that's a lot harder. Yeah. And that's kind of the, the goal, you know, a tzaddik, a tzaddik somebody who totally internalizes the Divine Soul, is basically working from, on himself from the inside out, and will totally change himself. That's not our goal, we're not going to be a tzaddik totally, but we'll try to internalize the Divine Soul, try to change ourselves to the extent that we could. So, to plug this into our relationship with God. Relationship with God is... The the best way to to understand a relationship with God is understanding a, a marriage. This is what King Solomon wrote his entire book in the Bible, Song of Songs. The entire book, Song of Songs, is depicting the relationship that the Jews share with God in using the marriage model. And in a marriage, there needs to be both a behavioral connection, a physical connection, there also has to be an emotional, intellectual connection. In other words, being physically present, being emotionally and spiritually present. You know, a the, the uh, wife says to her husband, why don't you ever listen to anything I say? And he, he says, that's a, that's a funny way to start a con- uh, start a conversation. <laughs> I, I, I messed up the joke, sorry. <laughs> Trust me, it was a good one. <laughs> I have to come better prepared. No, the, the joke was, have you been listening to me? And he says, why are you starting a conversation like that? <laughs> That's what it was, okay. Anyways, (laughs) a person has to be, in a healthy relationship, a person has to be physically present, a person has to be mentally and emotionally present, and it's the same with God. We have this relationship, the physical presence, the observance of mitzvahs, but we also have the emotional connection, the love, the fear, so there's the garments and there's the self, My, my intellect and emotions, but then the garments, the behavior, and both are important. Back to the rubber band analogy that we gave. You have a rubber band here, you stretch the rubber band. This side of the rubber band represents my emotional, myself, intellect and emotions, my soul. The outside will represent my garments. When I increase in garments, when I increase my behavior, but I'm not feeling it, there's bound to be tension. At some point, I'm going to snap. And the goal of Tanya, Tanya is assuming that we don't need help so much with the garments because, in other words, we know what to do, the Torah tells us what to do, but how do I feel passionate about it? How do I lift up this inside of the rubber band to relieve that tension? That's the whole goal of Tanya, to develop this emotional relationship with God so we could be emotionally and physically present, a healthy relationship. This is a great model for interpersonal relationships as well. The, the Rebbe writes in one of his letters, in his Compendium of Responsa, I found this fascinating, that the whole purpose of Hasidic literature is to be able to serve God with joy. Serve God with joy is, is when I'm comfortable with what I'm doing. I'm comfortable being Jewish. I'm not just behaviorally Jewish, but I feel it emotionally. And I'm not just Jewish by, by, because I was born that way, which I, we all are, but it's more than that. It's who I, it's, I actually am passionate about it. In other words, aligning how I behave, how I feel, how I think with my soul.
4: That's the
0: best. Relieves a lot of tension. Right? Just like aligning the moon with the sun properly, now the moon will illuminate. But if I'm not illuminating, doesn't mean I'm not Jewish. (laughs) But isn't that leaning
4: more towards a exotic point of view opposed (coughs) to... The animal soul, because when you get to that point where you're all aligned, and then you know, I mean, it's really, I think it's very hard to get there.
0: Okay, so good question. The difference is so, at Sadiq will actually get there, we're going to be working on getting there, and our goal is not to get there, our goal is to work on getting there. You see the difference? Mm-hmm. We're, because we're not necessarily meant to be a tzaddik maybe we are but let's do one step at a time okay. our goal right now is just the journey the journey itself and trying to align ourselves as best as we could are we going to fail? yes are, is our animal soul going to come and challenge us and derail us? yes are we going to get back on the train and try to develop that passion? yes make sense? Mm-hmm. and the way he words it here Um, Let's take a look at the bottom of page 65. Um, Bottom of page 65, the last paragraph, the last bold paragraph. Because the person who observes the 248 action-related commands authentically, there's 248 positive mitzvahs, There's 365. Negative mitzvahs, do's and don'ts, amounting to 613. A person who observes the mitzvahs authentically, authentically is the key word here, how do I do it authentically? In other words, honestly. I don't want to feel like a hypocrite. I want to feel like this is me. Is one who loves God's name and desires to truly be attached to him? In other words, if I don't really feel passionate about God and I'm doing all these things for him, how am I going to feel? Empty. I'm going to feel empty. Now, am I actually empty? No. And am I doing something valuable? Yes, but we'll talk about that soon. But in terms of how I may feel at the moment, how I feel about the relationship, it I don't want to feel like a hypocrite. I want to feel like this is me. And it is me because I'm a Jew and I have this soul deep down inside, but I want to feel it. Order- and the
1: journey, it could be part of the journey to be a hypocrite because you're, you're deciding.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, you're on the wall, you don't know which way to fall.
0: So, so, so the the difference is exactly. In other words, a, a Russia, a person who's totally internalized the animal soul. He's not going to feel like a hypocrite, <laughs> yeah. because he's not even going. He's not involved. He doesn't care. Mm-hmm. A, a complete Russia, the a, 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 a total Russia who's totally just lost touch with. You know, desensitized totally, which is which is pretty rare, by the way. Barely experience doesn't experience any guilt. Just does not care. It's very rare. Don't don't worry. <laughs> but someone a like that level. is just like someone. Someone like that is just like a tzaddik. Doesn't struggle. Mm.
3: They say rashaavot of tzaddik v'halo.
0: Exactly. Right? Exactly. So why? That's why they, 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 they both have something in common. The, the the Russia has a lot more in common with the tzaddik than the beni, hmm. while the beni has behavioral perfection. Internally, he's struggling. The Russia does not have behavioral perfection at all, but he's not struggling. He's very comfortable with where he's at. We're talking about a complete Russia. You you have different levels of Russia. You might have a Russia who, you know, Russia is not a bad thing. Russia, we said. I'm I'm weaning us off the translation of wicked because I think it's a, a damaging translation, a bad translation. Russia means I lost control. My animal soul controlled me rather than me controlling me. I didn't make a choice. I just live, I live impulsively. Now, a tzaddik might live impulsively also, but at least it's his divine soul. Um, But a a complete, total Russia, who's totally out of control, totally impulsive, has a lot in common with the tzaddik not struggling. Now, for us, are we obeying any? I don't know, but it's not the point. The point is we struggle. Point is, we want to do the right thing. We want to be passionate. We feel like it's a challenge, and we f- we feel this inner tension. Now, are we going to be like the tzaddik? Are we going to totally internalize the the animal soul, the divine soul? No. Should we have that expectation? As we'll see later in chapter twenty-seven, that expectation is very damaging. We should not have a high. We should not have unrealistic expectations. The expectation, though, is I could get some sort of inspiration, some sort of at least a little bit of love and excitement in my Judaism to be more comfortable with it. Now, as he says here, when I'm passionate about the mitzvahs, when my observance of them is more authentic. Now conversely, what if I have the passion but I don't do any behavior, right? It's also not a complete relationship because if I'm emotionally present but not physically present, it it also doesn't do anything. The second line on page 66, on the top, it's impossible to truly attach yourself to God without observing 248 commands, which are referred to as the organs of the king. So on the one hand, if I'm doing commandments, but I'm not passionate, I'm, on a, I'm not being authentic. If I'm being authentic, I'm passionate, but my passion is not leading to any practical behavior, I'm also not being authentic. In other words... Healthy relationship consists of body and soul. This idea is expressed in in the Torah in several places. I'll give you three analogies from Torah because I find this interesting. One of them we mentioned a few weeks ago. The Torah portion of Turumah. Turumah means the donations, the donations that the Jews were giving for the construction of the Temple of God's home. God says, "Vaikhu li Take for me donations. Everybody needs to donate. Me'eit kol ish from each person. Each person has to contribute to building a home for God. If you translate it literally, it doesn't say from each person. It says from all of the person. When we're donating and building a home for God, our own personal home, it has to be all of us. God wants us, wants it to be a holistic experience. Not just a behavior. He doesn't want us to just give us what we have. He wants us to give us who we are. To be passionate, I make it sound so easy, it's not, Don't, but, but we'll get there in a minute. If you're not passionate, that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it, we'll, we'll talk about that soon. These are important questions. Another idea where this is expressed in the Torah, you have Joseph and his brothers. Joseph didn't get along with his brothers, or, or vice versa, his brothers didn't get along with him. They didn't like him, they were jealous of him. Joseph was a little bit, seemed a little bit uh, of an immature instigator. Give off that impression. If you look at the story from an, from an outside view, that's kind of what it looked like. And the Torah says, Joseph's brothers couldn't say anything good about him. Rashi points out, what does that mean? The Torah is praising the brothers. They couldn't say anything good about him, so they said nothing. They didn't lie. They didn't f- do one thing with their mouth and feel something else with their heart. They were totally, inside and outside was the same. They were They're honest and so- the, they were authentic. They definitely weren't perfect in that sense. But, but at that point, at that moment, they were being authentic. They had one moment of authenticity. They couldn't say anything nice about Joseph. At least they, they, yeah. they were being honest with themselves.
3: It's good to be honest sometimes. And sometimes it's, it's, good, zero it's good to be
0: honest. Now, on the other hand, yeah. should I not light the Shabbos candles because I don't feel like it's me? No. Do it. And we'll talk about that soon. But there is value to feeling authentic because it's more motivating. When I feel like it's me, when I feel like I'm comfortable with my Judaism, I'm going to want to continue. <laughs> I, want to, I want to do more. Yeah. Whereas if I don't feel comfortable with my Judaism, it's like that rubber band with tension. It's going to snap or it's going to be vert backwards. Another place in Torah where this is um, discussed, where, where this is expressed, the Aron, the Ark, in the tabernacle, in, in, in the Beit mikdash in the Holy Temple. Mm-hmm. There was the Ark that contained the Torah, that contained the Ten Commandments, the tablets the Torah gives very specific instruction as to how to construct this ark. The ark was gold. Sorry, the ark was wood. It was gold-plated on the outside. It was gold-plated on the inside. And the question that the Talmud asks, and says, wait a minute. Gold-plated on the outside makes sense. It's, it's representing God's Torah. It has to look beautiful. But why does it have to be gold-plated on the inside? Nobody sees it. The Talmud says this ark is housing the Torah. It's housing God. Inside and outside need to be the same. When we're housing God in our own lives, Mm -hmm. it's so important that our inside and outside are the same. And that's where he's... This is exactly what he says here in um, in our chapter. To do a mitzvah authentically, I have to have my inside engaged. If I just have my inside engaged, there's no actual connection because I'm not doing the behavior. We need both, body and soul. Body and soul come together at perfect harmony. And by the way, this is the idea of prayer. The whole point in davening is to inspire the soul of Judaism. In other words, the mitzvahs are like the body of Judaism. Davening, prayer, is the soul of Judaism. That's where we get inspiration from. The Torah, the, the, the first place in um, the morning service, Shachrit, is introduced is Abraham. The Talmud tells us that the three daily prayers, the morning, evening, and afternoon, afternoon and evening prayer correspond to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the Talmud brings a verse for all three of them to indicate that they were praying at their respective times. The verse that, it, that the Talmud brings to indicate that Abraham prayed the morning prayer, it says, Abraham woke up in the morning, early in the morning to pray. It doesn't say to pray. It says, Abraham woke up early in the morning The Talmud understands that to mean referring to prayer. So the question that's asked is, why doesn't it just say and he prayed? Why say and he woke up, referring to prayer? The whole point in prayer is to wake us up. That's the whole purpose in davening, to inspire us, to get the soul of of Judaism. So now our observance afterwards can be authentic because I have this inspiration. It's an inspiration that I induced that I didn't just react to. Because Davening is work. You know, we, we had our class on Davening last um, last summer. Remember our class our JLI class on Davening? There's so much to it, but you could pick up piece of Davening, a prayer that's meaningful, that's inspirational, that gets to you. We said over here, based on the Zohar, that the 248 commandments. 248 is correspond to 248 organs. The, the mitzvah to pray of davening corresponds, says the Talmud, to the spinal cord. Because the vitality of your organs come from that spinal cord, right from your brain all the way down to the spinal cord to the whole body. Just like your spinal cord. And by the way, the spinal cord has 18 joints corresponding to the 18 prayers of the Amidah. And just like your spinal cord gives vitality to your organs, davening gives vitality to our mitzvahs. So now it's a wholesome body-soul relationship, not just a relationship in which I'm physically present only.
4: And how do you really get there to the davening, to it really lifting you and not just, especially... When you don't speak Hebrew and you're just reading English interpretations, and you're there and you're trying to daven, you feel that you're in a godly place, and it's part of it, but you really don't understand, you know, where what you're. I mean, you understand. I understand somewhat, like you know, davening on Shabbos, but I mean. You know, for Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah, and how do you get there? You're
0: right. It's a life. It's work. Even somebody who grew up in Brooklyn, New York, in a Hasidic community, is going to have to uh, work on their davening because it it doesn't just. It's work. Davening is referred to. It it says in in the Zohar that the time of prayer is the time of war, (laughs) because it's work.
2: Is it? Uh, can it be more meaningful to just like pick a prayer that you want to focus on and just like work on that one prayer yeah exa- So like, you uh, don't have to do everything like if like, you really want to understand a particular prayer and I'm people glad you are mentioned on like that. page 527 and you're on page 50 <laughs> so that, that's okay another thing you can, on you can go on your own pace
0: <laughs> Right. you know what Hasidim used to do Hasidim of yesteryear Their entire sitter was full. The pages were all folded and crinkled because they would fold the page and they say, now I know for tomorrow, this is the prayer I'm doing today. Now, they dove into the whole book. They did the whole service. But there's one section where they put particular focus on a day and that they tried to make meaningful and they tried to glean inspiration from. You know, it could be something starting with the the, the Moda Ani you mentioned a few weeks ago. You know, something something small, you know, appreciating my life in the morning. It could be little nuggets of, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. 100%. And even during the service, if you fall a little bit behind, that, that's okay. Right. The, 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 it's a good thing. <laughs> you, don't, 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 you don't have to keep up. There's a, there's a, a gentleman who comes to Shul here on Shabbos sometimes, oh you know uh, John.
4: Yeah, John. Okay, John, if you're listening to this
0: recording, we're talking about you. Yeah. He says, to, there was a, a a rabbi visiting in town, and he says, I wish I could daven as fast as you. And the rabbi says to him, I wish I could daven as slow as you. To take an idea, take a a prayer, even if it's not the whole thing, but even you know. I had a friend, he's very into davening, he's very into, he wrote a whole book on davening. He's a very, very um, scholarly individual and really works on himself on his davening. And he wrote a book, not just information, but experiences. And he says to me once, I didn't have time to daven today. I said, what do you mean you didn't daven today? He says, no, I didn't daven today. I said, how did you not daven today? He says. I said the words. I just didn't have time to delve into it. There's the idea. There's. It's important to say the words. It is. But there's also. It's important to take one point, one part, and, and make it meaningful.
2: So for me, it really hits home because as a teacher, you know, I have one student who unfortunately got very ill, and he doesn't have all the mental capacity that he had when I started teaching him. So, Sharon Cohen and I are working with him on, like, she's teaching him the prayer, so he knows, he learns what it sounds like. But then I'm working on what does it mean? You know, what are the words that are saying? And he's not going to do the entire service for his bar mitzvah. We picked, like, three prayers that, that are meaningful, that the rabbi felt would be meaningful, and he's exploring those prayers.
0: So, you'll like this. Jump to page 434 chapter 38. This is interesting. The third or fourth to last paragraph, nevertheless, on 434. Nevertheless, all of the above emphasis on on the practical component of a mitzvah doesn't mean that attentiveness is unimportant. So up until this point, the Tanya was elaborating on the importance of the physical part of the relationship, the observance. But that doesn't mean intention, passion is unimportant, for it has been said, and this is based on a, a, a statement from Kabbalah, that prayer or other blessings without attentiveness, kavana, passion, interest, if you will, are like a body without a soul. They come hand in hand. Body and soul need to come together. So the mitzvahs are like a body and the prayer that we have and the passion which is supposed to inspire us and give us passion for, for mitzvahs are like the soul. And when we have them both together, our relationship with God is authentic. Our relationship with God is inspired. Our relationship with God is, is deep and meaningful. If I just have the passion, but it's not leading to any mitzvah, it's not leading to any behavior, it it's like... You know, stop what the God says, you know, stop with the romance. <laughs> you know, I need you to, I need this from you. I need you to do the mitzvahs. And if a person is just doing mitzvahs, that's beautiful. But it's important to be inspired as well. And let's take a look over here on text three and text four, which I think expresses this point very well. Text three is from Deuteronomy sure some of you will recognize this, the Shema. We say, Hero O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Which is supposed to inspire us with passion. Thinking about the greatness of God, the oneness of God, and the relevance of God leads to, and you shall love your Lord, you shall love God. But then, right after, and you shall love God, that same paragraph starts discussing mitzvahs. You should love God with all your heart, all your soul with all your means, and these words which I command you on this day. The love is supposed to lead to commandments, supposed to lead to behavior. Love is a function at the end of the day. As important, however important inspiration is, passion, love, or whatever we want to call it, interest, all of these things are important, but are a function, are an engine behind behavior. To motivate our relationship with God so it's deep and meaningful. It's not the relationship, it's what motivates the relationship. Let's take a look at text four. Text four is an excerpt from a book called the Kutei Torah. The Kutai Torah is a compilation of teachings of the author of Tanya, but a different book. So, one of his other books, he says, and when a person becomes inspired with love to the Creator, he should not remain in that state without doing anything about it. As if the purpose of life is just to feel a bit of love, right? I'm inspired. I'm a good right. I did what I needed to because I'm inspired. No. Do something with the inspiration. The main purpose is to bring God into the lower realms, into our world, through behavior, through mitzvahs. This is the purpose of creation. The purpose of creation is not just to be passionate about God, because you didn't have to come down into this world. Your soul could have stayed in heaven where it was a lot more passionate beforehand. The purpose is to actually, the passion is just a function to motivate and to make the relationship itself, which is the behavior, more meaningful. You got a question?
1: before you can do actions you have to have faith right yeah so why is it wrong to have the faith before you do the action
0: faith and passion are different the faith is the faith is kind of there and the proof is you opened up the book <laughs> and you want to do it it's just the problem isn't lack of faith the problem is like we said last week that according to many biblical commentators, there's no mitzvah to have faith because you don't have a choice. You have a soul. Your soul believes. You have the faith. The problem is we're, not, we're disaligned, and we don't emotionally or intellectually connect with the faith. So what we're saying is, okay, you have the faith. You know what you need to do. You're just not feeling it. Okay, so do what you have to do, but let's get ourselves to feel it. Because it's important to, to, that's part of being a house for God, is to be totally present in all, on all levels.
2: So I think sometimes we do actions because somebody told us, like, oh, you should, you should participate in this mitzvah day that we're having. And then you go the opposite way, like, well, why? And what's the purpose of it? And what for? And so I think it could go either way, Zach.
0: In other words, faith, a person should have the faith. A person should have, at the end of the day, if God wants something from us, our own feelings should inspire that, but our own feelings shouldn't get in the way. You know, when, when, when a person's spouse wants something from them, well, I don't feel like it. No. You feel like it, you don't feel like it. your spouse asks something from you, you do it. Now... How am I going to get more inspired? You could go to your marriage and family therapist, and you could work on that. I, but that doesn't mean you don't do it, right? And it's the same thing with our relationship with God. He asked us to do something. Now, I don't believe in him. doesn't matter. He asked me to do it. I'm going to my marriage and family therapist, which is the Tanya, and it's going to help me inspire and develop my soul and help align myself so I can have that relationship. Does it make sense? In other words, that is faith. It's just not feelings.
1: But faith can be something you have to search for. And if you're a non-believer and you're trying to become a believer, faith will come over time. You may not be, have faith when you first start. You may not feel the faith. You may not feel the faith. But the
0: fact that you're, you want to be a believer, isn't that faith already? Isn't that an indication that there's something there? Right? When a couple comes to their therapist, the assumption is that they want to work on this. There's something to work with. It's the same idea with God. I want it, I'm having trouble in my relationship with God, right? We all do, especially when he disappears <laughs> on us. And Natanya is trying to somehow help us develop this relationship deeper. But the fact that I opened up the book and I'm interested, I, I believe in myself. I believe that there's, there's hope. I do have faith. The problem is I don't feel the faith. And that's what, you're right. That's what we're trying to do, to, to, to get ourselves to feel it. If we don't feel it, it's not fair to, to let us to, to let it get in the way. It would be doing ourselves a disservice. It wouldn't be fair to God. It wouldn't be fair to anybody to not do something just because I don't feel like it. Right? Uh, to, to, to answer your question in a little more detail, let's take a look at text 1 from the Talmud. It's an excerpt from the Talmud. The Talmud says, Should a person do something if they're not interested? I'm not interested in Judaism, I'm not interested in studying Torah, and if I do study Torah, it's gonna be for my own selfish motives, maybe I shouldn't be doing it, right? I'm hypocritic. And here's what it says, a person should always involve themselves in Torah and mitzvahs, even without intent, even for the wrong reasons, even if there's ulterior motives, because through lack of intent will come intent. If I get myself involved, the passion will come. Now, the Tanya approach is kind of the other way around. We're trying to start from the inside out, not so much the outside in, but they're both important. Sometimes just getting involved, sometimes just doing it, gets us there. Behavior motivates passion. The, the Rebbe takes it a step further. And for those of you who are very familiar with Hebrew, it will make this easier to appreciate, if you notice, there, there's the bold word here on our, on our text here, on text 1. It says, mitoch lishma. Through doing it without intent will come intent. The word through doing it without intent literally means what's mitoch inside. within. Yeah. Within doing it without intent exists the intention. Deep down inside, the passion is actually there. It's kind of just hiding. It's kind of just disappearing but, it, but, but or, or faded desensitized we're not sensitive to the faith that we already have to this because look we said last week we all have that soul it's there how aware of it am i so that's where the idea of da'as comes in recognition the idea of connecting to these ideas of making them personally relevant to me but it's there to make my relationship so i'll give you a story that 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 will kind of illustrate this idea my father-in-law has an old buddy from Montreal. My father-in-law from Montreal. This is years ago. And this guy was getting more interested in exploring his Judaism. My father-in-law buys him a pair of tzitzis, tzitzit. And he starts to put them on. He starts to wear them. And... A couple of weeks later, my father-in-law sees him, and he was wearing the tzitzes for a while. He's not wearing them anymore. My father-in-law says to him, what, what happened? What happened to the tzitzes? He says, I'm not so passionate about it anymore. He says, oh, come on, what, what's going on? He says, I'll tell you the truth. As, as interested as I thought I was, I still do things that I shouldn't be doing, and I feel like a hypocrite. I, I don't eat kosher. I don't keep kosher. I feel like a hypocrite wearing titsis. So I took the tzitzes off. So my father-in-law says, no, you got it backwards. (laughs) You're not a hypocrite for wearing tzitzis, so you got to take the tzitzis off. He says, wear the tzitzis. If you want to drop something, you could drop the (laughs) non-kosher. You got it backwards. You're calling yourself a hypocrite because I'm wearing tzitzis, but this is who I am, I eat non-kosher. No, you're a person who wears tzitzis, and maybe non-kosher is hypocrisy. You could work on that, but that shouldn't stop you. Mm -hmm. Your lack of passion shouldn't stop you. One of the reasons why we refer to behavior, thought, speech, and action, the mitzvahs, as garments, is because if the garment isn't fitting, don't throw away the garment. Go to the gym. Right? And
4: how is it that we can learn? I mean, obviously, I don't know who else here knows all 248 of the good mitzvahs, but I certainly don't, to be more my most um, authentic, so, so, I mean, that's a whole other level of learning to know what those 248 mitzvahs are.
0: Yeah, that's true. Some of them we know. You know, we can do what we do know. We know about lighting Shabbos candles. We know about kosher. We know Google about... Google the rest. Google the rest. No. <laughs> no, Really what you need to do is find your rabbi time down. That might be me. I don't know. I might be putting myself in a tight corner here. Time down and say we're studying these mitzvahs whether you like it or not.
4: Is this the book you're working with, Jonathan? Yeah. Okay, I downloaded it. I okay, so
0: you got to time me down. All right. But 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 you're right. You're right. We have to study more. The conclusion of our study session is we have to study more. Right. <laughs>
3: Isn't that, that the purpose of the tzitzit is to remember the mitzvah? Yeah. Side question, right? Yeah, yeah. So you need to hold it, or to well, so, so well, it I mean, it serves as a reminder. It says in, in the Torah,
0: "Uiskatemato." You should be, with through the tzitzit, we it reminds us of the rest of the mitzvah. It's like a gateway mitzvah. Yeah.
4: Okay. It's the this one, this book.
0: Safari, yeah. So safari is like a library. It's like an safari online library. A
2: library, and then you can find what you want.
4: But this is the mitzvahs, is this not?
0: They, well, it depends what you opened. Let's see. Well. Yeah, I think you got it.
4: I think this is what Jonathan gave me.
0: Oh, if he sent, if it's the link he sent you, that's it. Yeah.
4: But
3: do you but know safari- the
2: important ones? <laughs> safari well, is a whole, like, Safari is like a whole online library. Like, if I'm teaching uh, something... And I want like a quote about trees from the Torah. I can literally go to Safaria and say, you know, find me a quote about trees. Yeah, it's okay. it's,
0: it's so like maybe, a search engine. It's like a search engine.
4: Okay, yeah, yeah. so then maybe that's not what he sent me. No, but it could be. No, no. Part
0: so of the book, the book that he sent you is, is part in, of is in, is part oh. of Safaria. Is in Safaria. What is it? What
4: use?
0: Now, an important part of the the relationship, and we'll conclude with this, is, you know, we spoke about love passion. But there's also the other part of the relationship, which is respect, yira, translated often as fear. (laughs) Um, Another component, which is also important to talk about, he talks about two levels of fear, of of respect when it comes to our relationship with God. And again, these are all applicable to our interpersonal relationships. The first level is on the bottom of page 66. There's one level where God is my king, and I cannot rebel against him. i because I'm just I'm just not going to do that. There's a certain level of reverence that I have for God. I appreciate His presence, and I'm just not I'm not going to transgress. There's a second level, a deeper level, right? He says a deeper reverence than this on page sixty-seven, where I'm actually ashamed to do something wrong. It's not just that there's the king there, and I, how could I rebel? It's it's that's not me. How could I do that? Again, these are also important levels of, of authenticity, um, and, and later on in the Tanya, he just mentions the levels of fear, he doesn't tell us how to attain them. I mean, there's, there's meditation, but he doesn't give the specific meditation yet. When we get to the chapters in the forties, he gets to different, med- specific meditations for love, for fear. Right now we're kind of just setting the, the stage to know what, how the soul works, the meditation, the garments of the soul, and, and, and how, that, how that all works. I think it's important to point out that amongst the different levels of fear, he never mentions fear of punishment, because in Hasidic liturgy, that's not really fear. That's not called fearing or respecting God. That's more self-centered. I don't want to do this. I'm going to get hurt. (laughs) It's, It's not something that's really... Now, reward and punishment is a reality. It is one of the fundamental principles in Judaism. But in Hasidic literature, it's not a focus, because it's kind of focused on ourselves, not... Our souls, not our mission, not our purpose, not our relationship. In Hasidic liturgy, it's it, it, or liturgy, literature, sorry. The focus is relationship, focused not self-oriented. So fear of punishment is not—it's not like a, a thing. You know, God's gonna strike me with lightning, whatever it is. It, the, the, it's more of a respect and a reverence, and those are the two levels of reverence that He mentions.
3: Oh, so there's no fear of punishment
0: it exists, it's not discussed. Because it's not a focus. Mm-hmm. In other words, if punishment is going to stop you from sinning, that's a beautiful thing.
3: Because <laughs> it says, right, the said, uh, yeah, yeah, no, no. punishment is,
0: it, it's a reality, yeah. and there is fear in a punishment. If that's what stops somebody, beautiful, good. If it gets you to not do something you shouldn't do. But it's not something that's elaborated on in Tanya or in Hasidic literature, because the focus... Because if I fear punishment, I'm kind of just focusing on myself.
2: you said earlier the the focus is joy. Exactly. Exactly. Well, same same idea. If you have joy, then there's no reason to be punished.
0: Uh, Well, exactly. So the focus is really on the relationship. (coughs) The relationship, a big part of the relationship is behavior. But an inner component of the relationship is also love, but also respect. And these are the two levels of respect of reverence. And all these things will help us and contribute to our joy, to our comfortability in our Judaism.
3: Right. By the way, we, we don't believe in hell, right? Or do we? Yeah. I know, like I hear from my Christian friends that if the, the priest tells them that if you don't turn to, to Christianity, you go to hell. And she asked me if there's something like that. Ha,
0: ha, ha, said, no. Okay, good question. We're go, so we're going to talk about this in chapter 8, chapter 7, chapter 8. We do believe in hell. It's not the Christian Hollywood version of hell. Yeah. Where there's a devil there with fire that... In short, in in English we call hell purgatory, which means purging. It's a cleansing process. Hell is a cleansing process. You gotta go. You gotta, before you meet your creator, you gotta be clean. You gotta be scrubbed. And when you're scrubbed, right when I know I put my baby in the bath, and you scrub her and she's fidgeting around, she doesn't like it. It's uncomfortable, but it's cleaning. So in Christianity, they see hell as a destination, and they see it as the experience itself, that it's going to be In Judaism, it's a cleansing process, and we'll talk more about that in Chapter 8. Good question. Huh? Okay. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it.
4: Two unrelated questions.